0: And in just a few moments I'll be welcoming my colleague Dr. Sean Baker uh, into the program. Sean is an orthopedic surgeon. He is the author of the Carnivore Diet. He was just recently once again on the Joe Rogan podcast where he stirs it up a bit. You can follow him on Twitter at s baker md. Learn more about the Carnivore Diet also at carnivore uh is it carnivore diet carnivore.diet I think it is. I'll I'll confirm that that uh, yep. website for you. Uh, Carnivore.diet, that is it. Uh, Again, the book is The Carnivore Diet. Obviously, we're going to be talking about The Carnivore Diet, something that I followed for quite some time, and Sean has a lot of really interesting data. He is really one of the leading experts on... Uh, the the foolishness of avoiding meats uh, and the advantages of carnivore diet, particularly on um, wellness and autoimmune disorders, that sort of thing, it's something Jordan Peterson has been advocating for quite some time. So we'll get right to it. Also, your calls uh, after a little bit with Sean Baker after this. Our laws as it pertains to substances are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this right. He was an alcoholic because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin. Ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> where the hell you think I learned that? <laughs> Well, most of my career, I've been urging people to kick habits, change habits. Well, this time, I'd like to suggest getting into the habit of adding Paleo Valley grass-fed bone broth protein to your daily nutrition regimen. Here's CEO Autumn Smith.
2: It's made
3: from cows with 100% grass-fed and finish and bones. Their bones, rather than the hide, most bone broth or collagen powders are made from hides or hooves, but ours is actually made from the bone because it'll contain additional nutrients. Bone broth is a way to bring back those nutrients, those minerals, and there's glu- glucose aminoglycans, and then there's collagen, which helps us prevent wrinkles and joint pain and actually heals our gut. There's, there's gelatin and there's just all of these ingredients that the modern diet has kind of left by the wayside.
0: Susan and I have been mixing the chocolate-favored bone broth literally into our coffee every morning for months. And we've noticed a difference in our energy, appearance of our hair, skin, nails. Susan's particularly very happy with this. The bioavailable protein also helps us feel satiated. That's the part I'm happy with. Paleo Valley bone broth also comes in vanilla and pure, unflavored, and can easily be added to your coffee, smoothies, yogurt. Go to drdrew.com paleo, P-A-L-E-O, for 15% off your first order. Again, that is drdrew.com slash paleo. So that Paleo Valley is a very appropriate uh, advertisement for the topic of the day. I've used Paleo Valley products for a long time in order to maintain... Uh, carnivore diet, and I had
3: my bone broth today.
0: And even when I graduated to a more uh, sort of traditional dietary uh, practices, I'm still consuming their stuff, especially that bone broth. We 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 just love that stuff.
3: The beef sticks, um, in
0: the, and in the one of the things super green. Yeah, one of the things that Caleb uh, uh, promoted today is that we would be talking about the GLP-1 medications, like Ozempic and Manjaro and things like that, and how these things. Um, well, it'd be interesting to hear what Sean Baker has to say about those things. Uh, he's been advocating for the carnivore diet for quite some time. I first heard him on Joe Rogan's podcast, and I just thought I would love to talk to that guy. And I have since and been following him very carefully. So let's, uh, and again, after I talk to Dr. Baker, I will be taking your calls. So do, uh, bring request. Bring your hand up, click the little mic in the bottom of the left-hand corner. Caleb has a little uh, cartoon about that. And I want to also, before I bring Dr. Baker in here, remind everyone that we are going to be with James Corbett on Tuesday talking about Gilman amnesia. Roseanne Barr on Wednesday and Dr. Paul Alexander on Thursday. Peter McCullough coming in next week. A lot of really um, very interesting guests coming your way. There it is.
3: What are you going to talk to Roseanne
0: about? Uh... When you talk to Roseanne, you talk about whatever she wants to talk about. is what you talk about, and, and so uh, she, she. I think I will start with them. That she has a lot of a lot of uh, talk of them. <laughs> Try to figure out who they is, uh, and and uh, not only that, but um, she has a theory that there will be no election this year in twenty twenty four. So she. Well, it's when you hear. I mean, listen. Roseanne gets a lot of grief for having some extreme views, but they're not as wild as you think. And then also, she talks about her own, what she calls craziness. That's her own. That's her own words. And uh, it, it, she's. I. I enjoy talking. You to her think a lot, you so.
3: have a lot to say? You should see what she has to say.
0: Oh yeah, no, I, my my job when I talk to Roseanne is to sort of keep up with Roseanne, that, that, <laughs> is, that is my job.
3: Daytime talk show host.
0: Yeah, yeah, and she you know, she and I have a long history together. So, all right, I wanna get Sean Baker in here. You're gonna get follow Sean at s Baker md on X uh, and the book is The Carnivore Diet, check it out. And there's
3: 288 people on X, welcome. We can see your comments. So if you have any comments, put them on the post-it.
0: Fair enough, Dr. Baker, welcome to the program. Drew, hey,
4: thanks for having me on, good to see you again.
0: So uh, I think maybe uh, if you don't mind, just do a little recap of how this happened to you, how you got so involved with this, and how you ended up on Rogan's podcast. Just, just I know it's a long story, but just give them the the the, the beats so people understand who you are and where you've come from.
4: Yeah. So I was a traditionally trained orthopedic surgeon and was spent my career, you know, replacing knees and hips and fixing fractures and whatnot. And my mid forties, I started to realize I wasn't where I wanted to be health wise, even though I was a very sort of high level athlete at the time. So I started playing with different dietary strategies and, you know, eventually ended up on a low-carb diet. And then I I got exposed to these crazy nutty people eating all meat. And I thought that was absolutely nuts insane, like everybody does, (laughs) but I, I I was open-minded enough to try it myself. And I was really just impressed at how effective it was for me. And so I I persisted on that for, I think 30 days at one time. And I was really like, this is really legitimately the best I felt in quite some time went back to a regular diet and immediately felt worse and said, you know, all things being equal, I feel, I prefer to feel better. And so I persisted on that. And then, you know, Joe Rogan got wind of it and brought me on the show to talk about it. And then that obviously exposed me to a lot more people. And a lot of vegans started, you know, know, claiming me as public enemy number one, I suppose. But over the time, and I've been doing that, this is my eighth year that I've been doing this diet. uh, And I've obviously, there have now been literally tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people who have experimented with this. Many of them have seen, a pretty impressive, you know. Uh, result. I wrote a book on this called The Carnivore Diet, which you mentioned. Uh, we formed a company, Rivero, which is licensed in all fifty states. Which we, you know, basically treat people at the root cause. Not necessarily everybody gets a carnivore diet, but I mean, it's it's part of the treatment algorithm when when indicated. Mm. And I think there's some some specific therapeutic interventions where where it works re- really effectively, and I think it's something that is a legitimate way to treat certain diseases. I don't advocate as all humans are carnivores or anything like that. It's not a it's not a commentary on the state of humanity. It's just this is a therapeutic option, which I think is particularly effective in in certain individuals in certain cases for sure. So that's, I guess, the overview. And I'm I'm still here. I eat I eat three or four pounds of red meat a day, and I'm you know I'm getting close to sixty, and I'm I'm still doing okay. So that's the short. I.
0: Short I love the, uh, I, I don't know if it's on Instagram or I guess probably Twitter where you're carving up a couple of pounds of meat and six eggs. And I'm I just like, it made, makes me so much want to go have a steak. I can't even tell yeah. you. It's like, it's so fun. And usually you're, you're side by side with a video of somebody who looks like really they're not well uh, eating, uh, you know, a vegan diet typically or, or bugs maybe.
4: Yeah, I mean it's it's you know it's one of those things where sometimes you know you just let people speak and they can sort of <laughs> they can they can sometimes uh, dissuade you by their own actions and so sometimes you don't need to say a lot to to get the point across but yeah it's fun I I eat a lot of steaks I mean I I literally I literally I literally eat three or four pounds of it every day and I I enjoy it so
0: and you you and your athletic performance has gone up right you've you're, you're you said yeah. you're a high level athlete before you're never really performing at a high level.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You know, I'm, I turned 57 uh, next week and I mean, I'm literally stronger now than I was in my mid forties, which I, and I wasn't weak then. I mean, I've, I've always been a a, a very, you know, guy that trained a lot and, and competed very at a high level. And I just broke another American record on, in rowing just the other day and I'll, I'll probably break three or four more <laughs> world records in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm still getting after it.
0: How do you, uh, this is a, a personal question. I, I, when you came and you visited us here in our home last time I interviewed you, I was complaining to you about my shoulders and uh, they got much worse. And I just recently had stem cells injected, some mesenchymal stem cells from my fat and bone marrow. And uh, my question really is, how do you avoid <laughs> shoulder problems? Oh my God, It it, it the, there's a whole story here for me, but, but I'll ask the shoulder issue first, so.
4: Well, I mean, some of it's going to be luck, obviously, but I mean, I do think that, you know, I mean, obviously being smart and how you train and how you utilize the joint, I do think strengthening it is is generally a good strategy. I know there's people like, oh, you're going to hurt your back by by deadlifting and things like that. Well, I'm like, I've I've taken, literally taken care of thousands of people with back problems and none of them, most of them are couch potatoes and they got a big belly. And I think being metabolically healthy, eating a good diet, eating a, a, a low inflammatory diet and then of course doing the you know preventive maintenance stuff physically is is really the best you can do and whether or not stem cells <laughs> offer some additional benefit i think it's controversial i i would I, I think that's a fair statement to say
0: yeah i uh i had an ultrasound of my soft tissue on the shoulder and it, it was like yeah torn calcified you know inflamed torn calcified inflamed every every major tendon group and and mm-hmm. i thought yeah yeah I, I i could feel it i know uh, the soft tissue is just a mess and uh and the orthopedist goes, well, we want to take an x-ray? And I go, I, I don't have arthritis. I have, I've, you see it, it's a mess, of soft tissue. He goes, well, I'm going to take an x-ray. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had huge spurs. The, the cartilage surface was gone. I couldn't believe it. I thought, oh, I have to do something because I'm heading for a shoulder replacement. Yeah,
4: yeah. Well, I mean, on the good side, I mean, the shoulder replacements have gotten a lot better. You know, not that I'm not that I would desire that you know but i mean if, if it if it comes yeah. to that they're, they're they're pretty good and they've got some uh you know it used to be they were kind of you know i think fda approved them back in like 2004 and they've certainly evolved since that time and, and and the techniques have gotten better with that but hopefully you can avoid it and even you know even if it if it goes to that route i would still recommend i don't know what your particular surgeon would say but i would recommend continuing to do the strength training and you know i think yeah you know, i'm I going to i am i,
0: I I, I'm going to, and, and but I have to kind of recover from the procedure and stuff, but but it is, it is better. That's for sure. Uh, and and th- so I went on Carnivore probably, I think I was probably on it last time we spoke. And, and the reason I went on it was somebody was hassling. I was doing a sort of fitness podcast. And my partner said, you got to go on, You have to address diet. I'm like, uh oh, well, who am I trying to impress? Come on. And he started talking about Carnivore. I said, I think I can do that. And I went on it and uh, I loved it. I loved it, you know, kind of being able to eat what you want. It was just like, whoa, this is not something I'm used to, and I leaned out immediately. It was a very, it was very interesting. I had, I had a within a week had a reaction, and my HDL went up about forty percent. My triglycerides went down like seventy percent. My LDL's always been sort of where it is, uh, but I could never get my HDL up or my triglycerides down until I got rid of the carbohydrates. And uh, I, I wonder if I have an LP little A problem or something that is really highly, uh, you know, insulin dependent. But uh, it was striking. It was striking. So it was. I was on it for about four years. Uh, but the only downside for me was because, yeah, because of my shoulders, I lost the ability to do the heavy weightlifting. And I think that kind of really vigorous exercise is an important adjunct, at least for me. Um with this diet and I gained like 14 pounds. <laughs> it turned out. So I had to kind of turn back you, and go did on did a more get, traditional I'm, kind of... I'm just
4: wondering if you were you yeah. including a lot of dairy at that time when you when you did that? No. I that was no, product. I mean okay. I would have okay.
0: some I would have some heavy cream in my in my uh uh, coffee in the morning and that was about it I, I just I could eat a lot of meat I could eat a lot a lot yeah, of yeah, meat me and if, and if I again, I'm
4: st- yeah, yeah I got
0: the bills yeah that was the other thing it's expensive and uh, it's worth <laughs> worth pointing out right if people can't I mean we have to be acknowledge it but for some people this may not be financially a reasonable diet Uh was something that I cooked
3: uh, a lot of bacon too there was always bacon somewhere
4: <laughs> uh, okay okay. Well, I gained I mean, weight
3: because you know. I was yeah, I- snacking on bacon in between <laughs>
4: Yeah, I mean, there's, but, anyway, there's, but I,
0: but I'm a big fan, a fan of it. I am a big, big, big fan of it.
4: Um,
3: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's
4: one of those things that, you know, at the end of the day, how much you eat does matter. I mean, there's obviously there's different yep, hormonal impacts right. on going from donuts to, 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 you know, you know, a piece of salmon, clearly. But at the end of the day, if I want to gain weight, I, just, I eat more food. If I want to lose weight, I eat less food. I mean, it's as simple as that.
0: <laughs> That's it's, right. It's
4: the same thing. That's right. I, you know, like I said, I'm, right now I'm sitting at about 265, so I'm pretty, I'm actually on, on a little on the heavy side right now just because I'm trying to poison myself for these, these rowing records, then I'll lean back out, you know, probably in about three or four months. But... Um, you know, it's interesting cause you, you brought up the GLP one stuff and it's interesting mm-hmm. with most people, you know, if you look at the way these, these, these incretin hormones work, you know, the, the GLP ones, you know, basically the, the distal small intestine primarily land the ileum through these L cells secrete these GLP one, GLP one, uh, hormones and they, they act as a break, you know, they kind of slow the digestive tract down as one of the mechanisms by which they work. And it leads to satiety and Mm-hmm. I think meat does that naturally. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, mm-hmm. you look at the way, I don't know if you saw a recent paper came out talking about protein, how much protein we, can we absorb in one sitting? Did you see that recent paper that came out, Drew?
0: I did not see that. I saw, I saw some stuff about kidney disease and protein, and but yeah. no, I didn't see that. The... Yeah, this is, this is, this is on the
4: muscle building side. So traditionally, we've always heard, you know, 30, 40 grams is all you can absorb at one time with regard to mm-hmm. muscle protein synthesis. So you need to, you know, need to space your protein out into three or four meals throughout the day, but this new study that was done out of, I think it was out of the Netherlands and they looked at up to a hundred grams of protein, you know, compared to like the standard 30 gram dose. And they were using dairy protein in this particular instance, but, um, they showed that there was no upper limit to how much, how much, uh, protein you can utilize towards building muscle. So that kind of shows that if I eat a big old steak, you know, if I sit down and eat a, you know, a, a pound and a half ribeye, which I often, you know, often do, Pretty much all of that's going to go to be utilized. It's not going to be wasted. whereas before we thought it might have been, you know, it's better to space those meals out. So, but that goes to the the way these incretin hormones work is because when you eat a steak, the body will slow down its digestion. You know, it will it'll take you know normally gastric emptying times about four hours, and then there's an tr- intestinal transit time that occurs, and that becomes slowed down when you introduce the appropriate foods there, and 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 meat does that. It you know it it works in in temporal sequence like it's supposed to, but when you're throwing a GLP one receptor agonist drug on there and you're eating cookies and cake, that's all backwards. It, it, you know, it, yes, it slows down digestion, but it's not supposed to, those foods are supposed to be processed very quickly. And that's why we have some of the issues with obesity, uh, with all this rapidly absorbed, uh, calories. I mean, I mean, there's a microbiome component that goes into this as well, but I mean, I think you're seeing some of these side effects where people are having, you know, gastroparesis and, and, you know, vomiting and, (laughs) Uh, you know right. intestinal obstructions and things like that which are which are occurring at what level and what frequency we don't really know yet i mean there's some some people are right it's more than others the manufacturers are, of course saying it's you know it's always the same thing that you know the drug companies always over deliver over promise and under deliver and then we have to sort it out and as clinicians in the end and say what the real incident that's right
0: saying. I think it's exactly we're, we're right that,
4: that's
0: That is precisely how it works, and I, you know, I, I thought when I saw that Weight Watchers had now become a sort of a distribution system for these medication, and Oprah's in it. I thought, oh, it's going to be there's going to be a lot of bad stuff Uh, when when you when you have so many people using a medication that is designed for a disease state, overweight diabetics, where the risk might be worth the reward, right? Because these are serious conditions. Then it's okay. Oh, then you proceed. But if it's hey, I want to lose twenty pounds, and that's it. Uh, mm, wow! Now I'm now I'm scared. Now I'm scared. And well, particularly I mean, if but, I want but, to lose know, the, three, you know, three pounds to do a movie or something, and that now I'm extra scared. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like it's like it doesn't make any sense to me.
4: Well, and, and you know the interesting you see how they're they're sort of changing the, the language. As we had all, you know, you saw the last few years a lot of definitions got changed, right? We we the definition. Oh, man. Of, you know the, everything got changed, right? And so now. They're yeah. reclassifying obesity as saying obesity is something that lifestyle has no impact. You saw, was it Dr. Uh, uh, Fatima Stanford at at, at uh, Harvard talking on 60 Minutes? Obesity has nothing to do with exercise or diet. I mean, that that's, that's yeah. absurd. I mean, that's clearly, I mean, you and I know that's yeah. not true. I mean, we lived around long yeah. enough to remember when people weren't, when 40% of us weren't obese. So, I mean, we're, we're getting these these new definitions. And so they're saying, well, yeah, maybe, maybe being over 20 pounds is a disease and it's not a a lifestyle issue. It's, and and you need to be on these drugs and advocating for this in six-year-olds, you know, and, and mind you, that's all in the U S you know, Nova Nordisk, which is in, was in Denmark. Uh, they're not Mm -hmm. advocating that in their own population. It's on the U S population, which is kind of, kind of interesting.
0: It is interesting, and and I suspect uh, something about our diet and the way our food is processed has a lot to do. Uh, There's uh, there's a number of things, but I I think it's odd that we are being subjected to uh, sort of a really problematic diet. And then as a result of that, taking a medication to deal with the diet that we are being exposed to.
4: What's a good business model? I mean, if you just think about it from that standpoint, <laughs> standpoint you know, you, you feed everybody, you feed everybody uh, kind of a substandard diet. They all get sick and you sell them drugs. I mean, and, and everybody's happy. I mean, from the from the financial shareholder standpoint, but it's, it's, you know, the population is at risk. And, you know, we see that, um, and this is, and again, this goes to my point where they are, you know, trying to get us to consume less meat. They're trying to, for whatever reason, it's bad for the environment, it's bad for your health, which I think both of those are, are really kind of, not really accurate, uh, you know, arguments. I think there's a lot of nuance behind that that's being left out and they're really sort of pulling the wool over a lot of people's eyes. And, you know, you look at the, uh, what is it? USDA just came out with this Nova analysis study saying that, you know, you can have a 91% ultra processed food diet and be healthy, which, you know, on its surface seems like it's just absolutely bizarre and insane, but they're trying to yeah.
0: they're trying to position
4: yeah. us to say that ultra processed food is actually fine and healthy and, and don't worry about it when, you know, there is a significant backlash against that, which I think is justifiable for sure.
0: Oh my God. If, if, if we were starving, it'd be a reasonable diet, but we are, we are not in a starvation state.
4: Right. Well, we're, we're eating right now. We're currently somewhere around 70% ultra processed food for the average American, which is, I mean, it's mind boggling I mean, to think that, that that's what, Oh we're my concerned. God. You know, it's, it's that is not know,
0: good. Well, food. let's talk a little bit about lipids. Lipids and gut. Uh, Well, maybe people love the idea of the microbiome. Uh, How how does a carnivore affect the gut?
4: Well, I mean, there there aren't any clear cut studies on that. They've they've looked at some sort of meat heavy tribes, you know, indigenous populations, Inuit, and some of these other ones, and they found that they had very good gut diversity. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. it's not been shown to decimate the diversity, which is some speculation. One of the major uh, there's 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 a nice paper that uh, Tommy Wood out of University of Washington and and Dr. Mailer did looking at the the gut <laughs> sort of flexi- metabolic flexibility of the gut so to speak it shows that a high fiber diet the gut can can respond to and it can produce uh, the the appropriate healthy sort of you know short chain fatty acids but so can a, so can a uh, diet that is you know ketogenic animal based they show the same thing so it it, it doesn't seem to be directly deleterious you know at least in in some of these studies and then clinically what i see every day is people's gut health just improves dramatically uh by going carnivore you know we see people with inflammatory bowel disease uh, in fact harvard is going to release a case study on uh inflammatory bowel disease ulcer colitis and and, and uh a crohn's disease coming out probably in a month or two i'm I'm I'm, aware I'm I'm i've helped organize that series uh and then we're going to do an interventional trial on that as well and hopefully we we can do a uh, carnivore versus vegan diet, that, that would be a great randomized control trial uh, to run that, because I think that will be uh, quite impactful to show that. But um, I, you know, in general, you know, if depending upon how you want to judge gut function and you, t- and to me, it's, you know, as, as most gastroenterologists, they're based on symptoms anyway. I mean, there's a few confirmatory yeah. tests. They can look at fecal calprotection, inflammatory markers, and they can do various imaging right. studies and, and, and whatnot. But I mean, it's a lot of it is bloating, distention, gas, reflux, diarrhea, constipation, and all those things get better for most people when they go on a animal-based diet, a carnivore diet. So that would, you know, pretty you know, to me, it it makes sense that that would probably lead to a healthier overall, you know, digestive tract to include the
0: microbiome. Oh, for sure. it, can you talk a little bit Well, about the notion of, well, maybe I should ask it this way, the mechanism of action, how do you think it reduces inflammation? Do you have a theory about that?
4: Uh, I do think it it helps to uh, limit uh, gut hyperpermeability. I do think that is a real thing, the so-called leaky gut. I think there's there's mm-hmm. there's lots and lots of research. Alesso Faisano at Boston Children has written extensively about that, and he feels that that is one of the origins of autoimmunity, and I think there's some pretty good evidence to support that. So uh, the researchers in in Europe uh, have looked at this, and they've actually studied carnivore diets in the context of gut permeability, and they've shown conclusively through something called PEG-400, polyethylene glycol-400, that when you put somebody on a carnivore diet and you administer PEG, you know, polyethylene glycol, that the absorption is decreased dramatically, which is consistent with an intact, you know, gut barrier. I mean, our gut is yeah. semi-permeable. There's obviously things have to get in and we never absorb food, but it, there's a, there's a mm-hmm. issue where it becomes hyperpermeable. And I think that is probably one of the major things that occur. Also, I think it's just good nutrition. And I think also just the elimination of the garbage, because I think, you know, I think 70% of our garbage, our diet is garbage these days. And, you know, as, in, as yeah. you probably notice on carnivore, there was some level of lack of cravings i don't know i mean most people will comment on that oh yeah it. oh no that was
0: a food. that was one of the great advantages i didn't want to i yeah. just when I, I ate when i was hungry and that was that <laughs> it was yeah and it's, it's, it was it's, a great it was, a, it was it was a freedom
4: you, yeah it is it is freeing in that regard and and that's the problem we have so many people that are addicted to these hyper palatable foods which are absolutely 100 percent designed with that intent i mean these guys these food chemists mm-hmm. are out there designing food to make you addicted to it. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. And this allows you to not want those things because a lot of people struggle with that every day. And it's, it's, you know, I think there's, there's nutritional consequences to that. I know you have dietitians out there that are being paid by these processed food companies to say that there are no bad foods and everything in moderation, which I think is, you know, I think that's a real unfortunate message.
0: Yeah. And I I want to emphasize again, it's again, the the diet you'll do is the diet that will work and and it's not everything for everybody. but uh, carnivore is is one of the options out there, uh, and I, I also I think the effect on lipid metabolism may have something to do with this inflammatory piece. I, when people talk about inflammation, I, I I think about things like the leaky gut. I think about endothelial functioning, and of course lipids are figure into that because I think some of that inflammation is really an endothelial inflammation, and I also worry about mitochondrial health and the oxidative state of mitochondria. Is there any effect on on that?
4: Well, I mean, undoubtedly there is, I mean, or there are, I mean, mm. it's, I mean, un, I mean, you know, everything affects everything in some regard. And so I think, yeah. you know, your, yeah, yeah. Your, your point about the lipids and I think that's, that's one of the big sticking points about people's resistance to do this because in many cases, low carb diets in general, particularly if there's a decent amount of fat in there, Will raise, you know, serum LDL cholesterol, ApoB, you know, total cholesterol, mm-hmm. things like that, and so that has been traditionally a very large obstacle for most people willing to adopt that. And I think we're starting to figure out mechanistically why that's happening, and if it isn't true, truly a bad thing or not. And I think that's still debatable. I mean, there's people there are people out there in the traditional cardiology realm realm will say it's 100% high ApoB or LDL. And that's all that matters. And there's no, and it's the end of the discussion. And it's it's 100% causal, and it's 100% necessary and sufficient, and end of story. We're, whereas I think I think there's some nuance there, and I think we're discovering that. And I don't know. We talked about off camera some of these these new studies that are being uh, uh, you know published and about to be published, which may call into question some of those some of those uh, sort of lipid sort We'll
0: of, t- talk about. Talk about Oreos and uh, yeah, yeah. So, so interesting, there's,
4: there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's a, I call him a kid, Nick. He's a PhD uh, out of Harvard University. He got his PhD at Oxford and now he's at Harvard. And there's this sort of, you know, we see this phenomenon where there's people that are really lean. They look great. Everything looks great on paper. Uh, they go on a low-carb diet, but their, their LDL cholesterol just skyrockets. We're talking, you know, LDL cholesterol, 200, 300, 400 milligrams per deciliter. You know, the stuff that your primary care physician would say, oh, my God. You know, they, they think it's an FH scenario, you know, familiar with hypercholesterolemia, when it's really not. And so there's this sort of, uh, they developed this, what's called a lipid energy model. So that when you are lean and your cells are relatively not overstuffed with energy, like most of us are, you know, mo- most of us are just over, we have overabundance of energy. That's why all this body fat, but when you're lean and in particular, when you're in a, in a relatively carb depleted state, you know, you know, you know, by a, a low carb diet, um, the, the liver notices that and tries to distribute energy to the cells. And so we just traffic a higher amount of lipids in that situation. So you have higher amounts of free fatty acids and and lipoproteins that are floating around and and therefore, you know, cholesterol is associated with that. And that is a physiologic reason that's occurring. Um, And that's been demonstrated. And this, this is the, this, this was a, you know, if that theory is correct and this is what Nick and others, and and this study, this has been confirmed now in three or four different studies, but Nick did this outrageous study where he said, you know what? I bet If I have my LDL cholesterol super high, I bet I can eat a dozen Oreos a day and I can bring it down, you know, and and, you know, you think, well, that sounds pretty silly. I mean, Oreo cookies, we all know are garbage for us, right? But he did it. He spent three weeks eating Oreo cookies, a dozen Oreo cookies a day, extra normal diet, just added the the cookies in there, didn't change his exercise at all. And his LDL cholesterol went from an astronomically high 484 milligrams to deciliter all the way down to 111 just by eating Oreo cookies, right? So you're like, does that mean Oreo cookies are now a health food? Should we call Oreo up and tell them to put a heart healthy <laughs> label on there? Maybe, maybe they will. No. I don't know. But I mean that that <laughs> study was be published in a journal uh, in the yeah. next and he compared that to a statin. And i the results of the the results are in, but I'm not allowed to share that. But what I will tell you is it's probably what you expect it to be. Um, and and that the Oreo cookies are you know maybe 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 we should be prescribing Oreo cookies as physicians I don't know I mean I, I, obviously I, <laughs> I say the tongue in cheek um,
3: <laughs> very there careful may people,
4: there may be people that buy, as know, as bacon. take somebody up at yeah but but that's <laughs> that that supports this lipid energy model I think that I think that clearly in that and I don't want to extrapolate this to the general population it doesn't mean everybody with high cholesterol mm. should be eating Oreos or adding carbs in right but it just explains why this is occurring and we understand mechanistically why someone's cholesterol might go really high in that situation now the question the real question is is that indeed harmful and that is where this analysis that Matt at Matt Budoff at UCLA is looking into and so they took a hundred people uh with super high cholesterol just like Nick had. you know and they're they're older folks they're they're my age you know mid 50s um you know uh and uh they scanned them with a CCTA which is you know a uh a, a coronary, uh cornic Yeah. Yeah, Right. So Mm -hmm. really high precision, high level testing. And what they found is in that hundred people who had on average had been on these high, high fat diets for at least five years, actually no significant increase in cardiovascular. They they had pretty much almost all of them had zero plaque. A few of them had a little bit and they compared it to Mm -hmm. this Miami heart um, uh, population, which is an age match equivalent, you know, everything was matched, you know, as close as possible. And they found out that there was no difference. And so LDL cholesterol in that sort of healthy population didn't seem to impact this. And this echoes the work that was done by Mortensen in uh, the Netherlands last year, where they looked at zero CAC scores and people that had no calcium, it did not matter what their LDL cholesterol is when it came to the so-called MACE, major adverse cardiac events, you know, whether it's heart attack, stroke, revascularization or death. LDL cholesterol didn't matter in that way. So it, it it seems to indicate that while LDL cholesterol is probably causal, that is, it's part of the pathologic pro- process, it might be a dependent variable that it, you know, you need to have it, but there might need, there might need to be some other things in place, you know, some level of, you know, inflammatory process, maybe glucose problems, maybe oxidative stress or something like that. So it's an interesting, I think it's going to teach us. Yeah. Some things about
0: so I, yeah, the, the, I mean certainly the statin literature is controversial in the sense that you know a 1000 people on statin d- decreases what one event per 10 years or something cardiac yeah it's not it's uh, it's not, it's not, it's impressive. Some cr- it's not it's, impressive at all it's not impressive right uh, but it's not zero it's not zero it, it, and I one thing I've noticed in my recent years of practice is that if somebody has sick, even mod, mild to moderate coronary disease let's say their cal- coronary calcium score is 40% or something I really feel like the statin has utility. It it almost makes me wonder if there's some anti-inflammatory process in the whole thing that we're not really identifying because that's where it, right there is where I feel like I'm doing something.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair, I think that's a very reasonable approach to that again i'm not a cardiologist yeah. but i'm just observe you know yeah. I've, I've intense interest in this because i see a lot of people that are in that situation i want to know what the best advice to tell them is and so i think first of all number one get some imaging so you know where you stand you know if you're zero you probably yeah. have a little more breathing of rate than if you've got a, a cac a little star, more 200 or quite a bit my mine was zero, just out of curiosity, you know just out of, cur- you know, just yeah, out so of there you go. for that information but but i th- i think that um yeah, for sure. I think, you know, you have whatever it takes to develop heart disease and what that pro- that combination probably is, is some combination of metabolic disease, whether undiagnosed or not. And then obviously the requisite cholesterol floating around in your blood. And so, I mean, we can't, I mean, there, there's interesting, there are people that are now advocating for LDL cholesterols of Sub thirty, you know, 20, 20 or less. What, what we uh, I know, normal.
0: I yeah, I listen. I remember the data that showed increase in all cause mortalities. You get down under sixty. I mean, that data is still flying around, but they ignore it.
4: Well, they 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 attribute it to reverse causality. They say, well, you know, if you've got cancer and you're dying, your LDL is getting sucked up anyway. So that's what's that is. But I mean, you know, you've got oh, data please. where it's like. It's like 20 years before. It's like, you mean you've had cancer for yeah. 20 years? You've been dying for 20 years? So I, and I wonder about, you know, there, there's this, again, this is associative, associative data, so you have to take that with a grain of salt, but uh, all-cause mortality, cancer incidence, infection incidence, uh, depre- you know, from the mental health standpoint, depression, violence, suicidality, all associated with low cholesterol. Yeah. So you got to wonder, yeah. what are we doing here? Are we going to create this?
0: Well, I I worry, problem? and so, so, the, and and there's a very big difference between preventing any heart disease and say preventing a restenosis after stent placement those are those right. are yeah. d- completely different things you know and and with different endpoints and different biologies and and we 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 mix and match these things i worry about in the on the prevention side making that ldl so low that you can't or some people won't be able to produce sex hormones. I mean, that's the yeah. backbone yeah. of testosterone and estrogen, and I maybe that's where the all the adverse events are coming from in terms of suicide and mood and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, low testosterone is not a good thing. Yeah,
4: I, I liken it to, you know, if, if you make the argument that, you know, LDL is necessary for heart disease, so we're going to get rid of it so there's no heart disease. Well, I'm like, well, having genitals is a prerequisite for sexually transmitted disease. Let's just, you know, do Penectomies yeah, on people and exactly. say, guess what? You're not going right. to have an STD now. You know.
0: <laughs> well, there now we've we've given the people that like attacking you uh, a, a perfect little uh, soundbite to give them that uh, <laughs> that they can use to attack you <laughs> that you're advocating <laughs> yeah. for a genital excision, genital removal. No, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm,
4: I'm doing that tongue in cheek, obviously. So, but anyway, I'm
3: going to change the subject. <laughs> hey, yeah. Um, Drew. Yeah. I have to go in a yeah. couple minutes. Yeah. yeah. But I want to know what Dr. Sean thinks about V-shred
0: oh uh okay so I and also I we gotta I gotta wrap up yeah I know you want me to go on to calls Sue so I will wrap up with yeah. Dr Baker in just a second so the v shred we've been working with or I've lost about 14 pounds again uh, going back to a more traditional balanced diet which is um, low lower calorie more vegetable uh cycling carbs in which actually surprised me cycling carbs actually helped me with my diet my my uh, appetite management. Uh, And so I went on it and it's sort of based, it's that old theory about it being based on body types, you know, the mesomorph, endomorph, ectomorph stuff. And uh, it worked very easily for me. It's another another good diet. I mean, for me, it has worked very effectively. And I switched my workouts. Some of it was because of the shoulder issues to uh, much higher reps, uh, hit cardio, that kind of stuff. And it felt like this was all more appropriate for my age. Uh, with my shoulders messed up the way they are and whatnot, I, I was no longer able to really push the very, very heavy weights. Just, just not for me right now. Uh, any thoughts about that?
4: Well, I don't specifically know his pro. I mean, I've seen the guy. You know, he's he's been you know yeah. advertising heavily for many, many years now. And I mean, certainly, I mean, like you said, there are different strokes for different folks. And I think, in my view. A diet that's going to fail is one where you don't like the food or you're constantly hungry. I mean, no, that's, that's recipe right. for failure, no matter what it is. And so, some people yep. like the simplicity of a carnivore diet and the, and the satiety it produces, and they're, they're fine with it. Other people prefer more variety. And I think you know, again, if it is providing you food you enjoy and it's and it's satiety provoking and it doesn't lead you to to constantly thinking and and, yep. and ruminating about all these other foods you're you're thinking about, then that's fine. I mean. I, you know, again, I think that, uh, as I've said before, I think a carnivore diet is very effective and it's a great tool. Does everybody need to be on it? No. Are there other ways to do there? I think if you're illuminating ultra processed foods and sticking to whole foods and getting plenty of protein and being active and not being sedentary, that is a good formula for, for, for a lot of people. But I think the problem is we have so many yep. other food addicts and it's, it's tough to get away that it. sometimes it requires abstinence. Like you went through a period of abstinence, yes. to sort of solve yes. that that root problem and now you have more flexibility and that's why that might be well, something that's more palatable. yeah for
0: you. and i during the holidays went apeshit wild <laughs> and uh and was having all kinds of cravings and compulsions and this and that and i said we've got to go back on their on diet plan because. Well, it's it really not a works diet.
3: It's a program. All
0: right, the program, but the but the recipes, the menus. I got on it and immediately I leveled out. It was just I I, I can't go on the. See,
3: I told you the
0: insulin He's spikes. He's so worried. He's
3: like, I gained a bunch of weight. I go, well, after one day, you'll just. It'll just come right it, off. It
0: really did. It was. I was shocked it's how fast I, my appetite level. It's I, weird
3: when you eat and then you yeah. lose weight. But the but, workouts are great. Yeah, it's and yeah. And that's yeah. The well, biggest I mean, you
4: know, it. as far as a workout, yeah, as far as workouts go, I mean, you know, like I said, you got to play with what mm. you're the, the cards you're dealt, and if you got a bum shoulder, you got to figure <laughs> yes. out how to how to mitigate that. And you know, I'm I'm very fortunate, not on woods I don't have any really broken parts. I mean. Um, yeah, I'm jealous. I'm jealous, I'm jealous this, but so. I,
0: I like that uh, medical term, bum shoulder. Is that what, what the call what I have? Yeah, that's exactly it. Exact, that's that's, that's, a, that's exact
1: term for
3: it. I lost eight pounds and Drew lost 15. So, okay, right. but, but listen, also yes. what I like about this, and I'm going to give we'll a little see. shout out okay. to p because we love them. Uh, Vince is awesome. Uh, when you're traveling like we do, or you have to work out from your home, or you have to work out, and we have a gym in one city, we have an okay gym in another city, you can they work the program around you so that you can work out anywhere. So that's that really worked too. That,
0: that is, you know, I, I it's what I've always You'll said, me, it's like what trainers have always yeah, told I mean,
4: me. And, and I would say, you know, as we're, we're talking diet, you know, I'm known for diet, but I mean, I think the most important variable what distinguishes people that age in a healthy fashion versus those who don't are those that are physically active and fit and, and, and do yep. workout. I think that is the biggest thing yep, you can I'm, do irrespective of a diet. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge proponent I,
0: of that. I am sure, I'm sure you're familiar with Peter Atiyah. I was talking to him and oh, I was asking sure, all, I yeah. was asking about metformin and all this stuff. And he finally snapped at me and he goes, vigorous exercise, vigorous exercise. That is number one. That is the number one, uh, prevention uh, or sort of intervention for aging. That's it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I can do that.
4: I, I, I would echo that. I, I've been on that. You know, like I said, I've been training hard for 45 years and I, don't foresee ever stopping and, you know, knock on wood. Right. You know? But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's right. super important.
0: And he's very big on the preventing the the fall off in uh, muscle mass and uh, uh, sort of yeah. Yeah.
3: functionality
0: so that happens in our 80s and 90s. Yeah, it, it's not good. It happens. It's inevitable. You want to push that back you, as far as possible. Don't, if, if, you don't, so, if you
4: don't have it in your 50s and 60s, you ain't going to have it in your 80s and 90s. So get after it early. Yeah. Well,
0: that that is that is a really important point, is that this is all st- a lot, so many of these anti-aging interventions, you've got to be on this stuff for 20, 30 years for it to have a really significant effect. Uh, but last thing I want to ask you before I let you go. Is wh- why is this politicized? It's so bizarre to me that that uh, again people have this uh, weird religious. That's why I think one of the reasons I wanted to sort of talk about various appet- various diets and various uh, ways of working out because it, it's not a religious issue. It's not. It's not it, the fact that there's po- politicizing even of this is is sort of disgusting to me. Yeah, it is. It
4: is a shame, and I I, I have tried to distance myself. I, I think meat is. I don't care what your your race, religion, sex, orienta- sexual orientation, color, whatever, ble- political beliefs are. Meat is a health food, and I I you know. But I mean, still, we have this sort of vegetarians and vegans <laughs> are on the left, and people that eat meat are on the right, and and that's that. I mean, I think the media sort of sort of promotes that i mean i was interviewed by vice a while ago and they, they they came at me with that angle i said look i'm not political on this stuff i'm not political at all generally I, I i don't i try to stay out of that stuff but you guys are trying to you guys are trying to force the issue i mean i've got people that do carnivore that are transsexual liberal whatever i don't care i'm just like go for it you know have just get healthy i yeah. mean because i think really i mean you know one of the problems we have such a you know you you as you're, i'm sure you're aware right now the u.s is as divided as it's been in I can't remember. I mean, probably my entire lifetime. Yeah. And I think some oh, of that has sure. to do with the fact that everybody's got a damn mental health disorder. I mean, either clinically or subclinically. I mean, what is the percentage of the number of people that are on, you know, you know, psychiatric meds is huge. Like 25% it, of the population. It's, oh and yeah. It's that ridiculous.
0: is ridiculous.
4: That a lot of that is nutrition. I think, I think nutrition plays a huge, I mean, the brain is an organ just like the liver and the heart and it still gets blood mm-hmm. flow and it still is affected by the nutrition we have. And so I think if we can start mm-hmm. fixing our diet, we can start to he- heal people's minds and bodies and then we can heal the country as as a as a whole. I mean, I think that's that's a valid strategy in my mind.
0: Well, Sean, I'm I'm all in and I appreciate the work you're doing. It is carnivore.diet. Is that the website? Is that correct?
4: Yeah, carnivore.diet is is that I mean, I also want to talk, you just mentioned rivero.com. If you know this is again, this is yeah, a 50 please. state. If you're looking for a doc that's that's gonna do root cause stuff that you know, you're tired of fighting with your doctor about not talking about nutrition or doesn't understand that or doesn't understand the low carb stuff. Rivera.com, we're licensed in all 50 states. And, you know, there's 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 at least an outlet for for people that are that are tired of the I think, you know, I think this particular last three years has really made a lot of people skeptical. And and I think the mistrust in the healthcare system is at an all-time high. And I think that's a shame and we need to fix mm. it. And I think, you know, there are people that are doing it. And, and you know, we're one of them. And I know you're involved in some other stuff. And, you know, I think that's what we have to do as is as it's physicians, really as
0: as simple. Yeah, it's as simple as empowering the patients to to control their lives and their health care and and not treating your customers like you don't like them <laughs> or that you have disdain right, for them. Yeah. That's the oddest thing in the yeah. world that the, so much of this country is being treated like they they don't like them. And and they just want they want somebody they can trust. They want to take control of their health, their health care. Good. That's what they should do. Patients should do that.
4: Yeah, I agree. 100 percent Awesome.
0: And then the the book, of course, is the carnivore diet. And follow Dr. Baker at S. Baker B. A. K. E. R. S. Baker M. D. on X. And uh, Sean, I hope to talk to you soon.
4: Likewise, Drew. Thanks. Have a great twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty four. I think it's going to be a good you year as
0: well. I, my, I, I I I have a new slogan. It's we can do better in twenty twenty four. We can do better. And this and diet is a big right. part of that. Everybody, so pay attention. I, I, I agree. Thanks. John Baker, buddy. So when we come back from this little break, uh, I am looking at calls here. Let me see what I've got. Yep, got a few hands up. Yeah, oh, I've got several hands up. And uh, I will get to calls immediately after this uh, break. Uh, when you, I want you to listen carefully to the people that help us do this show. Are you one of the millions of American women and men dealing with premature hair thinning and hair loss? Or maybe you're scared about inheriting that thinning look because it runs in your family. Start 2024 with a real solution that delivers results without the harsh side effects or unwanted chemicals and no need for prescription. Provia uses a safe natural ingredient, Procapil, to effectively target the three main causes of premature hair thinning and hair loss. Susan has been using Provia for months and she loves it.
3: I'm so happy because Provia is helping me grow longer, stronger, and shinier hair, especially up on top.
0: In fact, Provia was created by the founder of Genucel, the makers of our favorite skincare products, so it is no surprise that she has seen amazing results. Right now, new customers save over 50%, plus free shipping. Every introductory package includes a full 60-day supply of Provia serum for daily use, Plus, the Provia Super Concentrate for faster, more noticeable results. Don't wait. Order now to save an extra 10% and get free shipping at ProviaHair.com forward slash Drew. That's P-R-O-V-I-A-H-A-I-R, ProviaHair.com slash D-R-E-W. I think everyone knows the next medical crisis could be just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of another pandemic or something much more routine like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their physicians on, like Dr. McCullough, frequently. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals you can trust. And their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy.
2: It's really, it's a safety net. It's an insurance policy that you hope you're not going to need. But if you need it, you sure as heck are going to wish you had it if you need it.
0: Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin, z pack the Medical Emergency Kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all these life-saving medications. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID-19, the wellness company's Medical Emergency Kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured, knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to help you and your family stay safe from whatever life throws at you next. Go to drdu.com TWC. That is D-R-D-R-E-W.com forward slash g-w-c. To get 10% off today, just click on that link. Ladies and gentlemen, let's make a resolution that's easy to keep and delivers immediately on its promise. With GenuCell Skincare. you can turn back the clock and look 5, 10, even 15 years younger. And right now, GenuCell Skincare is celebrating 2024 with its New Year's sales event. Save over 60% off all of our favorite GenuCell products with one of our customized skincare routine packages. Say goodbye to those fine lines in the forehead and around your corner of your eyes, sagging jawline, dark marks, skin redness, even under eye bags. Leave them in 2023. Genucel works for women and men. It's safe for all skin types and perfect for skin of any age. Plus, with its immediate effects, Genucel promises results that will make you smile, guaranteed, or 100% of your money back. Start your new year look off right with one of our custom Genucel skincare bundles right now at genucel.com slash Drew. Use our special code Drew at checkout for extra savings off your order today. And remember, every order placed is automatically upgraded to free shipping. Don't wait. That is genucel.com forward slash Drew, G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash D-R-E-W. All right, let's get to some calls. I'm uh, before I do, I'm just looking quickly at the restream, seeing if you guys have any questions there. You will eat insects and be happy somebody says who is that richard no uh james uh, uh yeah that seems to be what the world health organization is uh, telling us we'll be happy because they'll be in control you know one of the things uh i wanted to point out is something i mentioned before but uh, mark cianchisi i think it was i heard him say this with clarity that made sense to me is that people that tend to be right-leaning uh, I see this because I'm in the middle. I see both sides of it. People tend to be right-leading. Uh, think that people are sort of universally good, and that they can be trusted to make decisions and be autonomous and you know uh, un-regulated, un- uh, and that when you br- centralize authority, only bad things creep in, and that's where evil gets focused. Uh, the left-leaning folks have a feeling that humans are by nature not good, and they need to be governed, and they imbue the centralized authority with all good. Now, of course, neither is exactly reality, but um, I don't know. I think generally the idea that people are good is a little more of a, of a healthy bias. Just call, call me crazy. All right, let's get some calls here. This is uh, Philip. Uh, let's bring him up as a speaker and don't forget to m- unmute your microphone, the lower left hand corner there. And uh, you can ask me really anything you wish right now. We'll get some calls in here. You got to unmute that mic, Philip. You're up. Caleb, am I doing anything wrong? And we'll watch his cartoon there. Coming. He shows you how to do it. There you join, and then you get the the request, and then you unmute down there in that same button. Yeah, hmm. Philip, I may have to throw you back. you there? I have to throw him back for a second. Caleb, what do you think?
2: Yeah, it looks like it's loading. Uh, yeah, this is that oh, problem. Oh, really? This it's this that problem is- again? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Well, okay, as long as it's loading, we can wait it out a little bit. But isn't that interesting that uh, a cogn- Mark Chankese, if you don't remember, he's a cognitive science. I've interviewed here a couple of times here. And uh, he, he has been, he makes a lot of sense. He's also, by the way, a physicist. He has multiple degrees. This guy's a very smart dude. And he has been trying to make sense of the present moment. And I, I sort of feel sometimes like guys like him and a deeper understanding of our cognitive systems and guys like Gleb Suburz, Subur- Gleb Subur- Subur- I've been interviewed here a couple it. times. Siberski. So, yeah, sobersky, uh, that these are the guys we should look to to help us sort of um buffer against some of the excesses of the present moment. All right, I'm going to throw Philip back in and I'm going to ask for uh ERM, which again, I'm not sure what that means, but uh, and Philip, I'll try you again in a minute to ask you come to come back up. Uh, I wonder if we're having just a general problem here. Uh, ERM is happy memories. Uh, Caleb, I think. Can you call people up from where yeah, from your? Um,
2: I'm trying to. It's 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 a uh, Twitter it Spaces it, it's acting weird. Yeah. Let's see. I'm adding as a speaker. The, it's
0: okay. I I saw Philip has requested again too. So he's he's fighting yeah, so the he good fight. I, I appreciate it. that. Yeah.
2: All right, let's see. And you I have to try unmute both of them. See one speed. there. yeah. So one. Uh, what is it? Happy Okay, erm memories. is up.
0: Oh, there we are. There you are. Happy memories. What's going on?
3: Sorry, I, I didn't request. I don't know why it did that. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> okay. Do you <laughs> well, have any questions? It
3: works.
0: Yeah, it doesn't uh, work. No. Anything on your mind?
3: <laughs> All right. No, thank fair you. Enough. Bye. Uh,
0: all right, you got it. I'll remove you and uh, see if we can get Philip back up uh, since we've got the system sort of working again.
1: Philip. Yeah, hi. i got a couple of questions for you medically. Um, mm-hmm. Not only personally, but for others. Okay. Uh, there's so much food uh, with so much garbage in it. High fructose, tooth syrup mm-hmm. is Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of the additives. I am a guy with cardiomyopathy, mild pulmonary hypertension, uh, asthma, mm-hmm. uh, digestive uh, diseases. I was one of the guys at Ground Zero. I wolfed in over eight days of dust. Uh, the World Trade Center program treats me with like 11 different drugs. Maybe I'm on too many, uh, but it seems to be the right amount because I'm able to breathe once again. And my color is back. Uh, I had a septal Okay. So what can I do to help preserve my life longer and stay healthy?
0: Do you know what your ejection fraction is now?
1: Yeah, I can pull it up. It's uh, like 76. Okay. Have you ever had cardiac rehab? I did. I also had pulmonary rehab. I did both.
0: Did you continue doing those exercises?
1: No, no, because of the uh, uh, pain from the gout and the spinal stenosis. Okay, well,
0: gout should be, all right, so so gout should be a completely manageable condition these days. So if your gout is still active, there's something wrong with the treatment. And gout, of course, is urate crystals being deposited actually getting inside the white cells in your joints and they lyse the cells and the severe inflammation occurs. It's severe. Uh, But it is a highly, highly treatable condition. So there are some newer medications for gout as well that are extremely effective. So the gout should be treated. The spinal stenosis, are you on painkillers?
1: No, I use medical uh, cannabis. I won't use anything else.
0: Cannabis. Okay, good. Uh, so, listen, you, you walking is going to be a really important thing for you. If you you get the get the gout under control and then get back on the pulmonary rehab, I, I understand the spinal stenosis is kind of miserable, but people do tend to be able to push through that. And deconditioning only makes that worse. And you've got a you know thirty plus percent ejection fraction. Some people get better. Uh, we didn't used to think that could happen, but there are some people actually get better with a proper amount of, of exercise. And I'm not saying go out and do vigorous exercise, which is something I was talking about earlier, but exactly the guidelines you've got on cardiac and pulmonary rehab. Now they may want to monitor you again. I don't know how much your monitoring needs are. So you could always go back if Medicare will continue to cover it. But I, I you, know, you want to do things, and obviously you've mentioned diet. Uh, limit your carbohydrates. Insulin is the enemy right now. Lose weight if you can, uh, you know, and try to eat real foods, which is like fresh fruits and vegetables, and that gets expensive, I understand, and fish and meat. Uh, and if you can live off away from any of the processed foods, that's only going to be an advantage. Um, in terms of whether or not you should be under a program of what's called de prescribing, right? Those of you that are elderly, uh, Generally speaking, older folk in this country tend to be on too many medications. And the pharmacy world in particular has been advocating a program of de-prescribing. And I completely support that. Usually, the more medicines, the more potential for harm. So you can usually streamline people's of pharmacology or pharmacological interventions, with some focus on some of the there are there are actually guidelines out there for de-prescribing. So talk to your doctor about de- de-prescribing, and you know when you have heart failure and pulmonary hypertension, as you said, you've you've already bought yourself mm, five to seven medicines just right there, uh, and those are you know as you said, so you can breathe again, and they also are life-prolonging interventions. So, yeah, Philip, hang in there, man. It, it this is a it's these are not um, for the faint of heart. Uh, Let's get Josh up here. Uh, Josh has a question. Anybody else has a question? Just raise your hand. I'll bring it in. Yes, sir. What's happening?
2: Uh, Not much. So I just wanted to ask you about um, kind of the way the politics are going. A lot of people are saying that this is like an inflection point um, that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's almost like they're talking about the end of the world, but not. more more scientists are talking about sort of an inflection point. Um, And they're talking about how they're not sure how the next few years, five, ten years will go. They're talking about it's almost like end of the world stuff, except for the it doesn't have that religious piece. It's more scientific, mm. kind of posturing can, by really can you be a little smart more spe- people. We'll, yeah, we'll be a little more specific. like um, they call like a meta crisis. Is it the reset thing or, or have you heard the meta crisis huh. co- concept? But, um,
0: I, I have not. I will so certainly my, look into it, but I, there's no doubt that that's what's happening. I mean, you, we can all feel it yeah. and see it, right? But yeah. the question is, is this just what humans do across the historical sweep every so often that they go through these trends? Is it something yeah. like the fourth turning? If, the Fourth Turning, if you've read that book? That there, that tends to be these generational shifts. I, I don't know. Uh, although I have become preoccupied with history because it does seem to be something that happens every so often, and and I'm not, I'm not willing to concede that it's all bad. What what I worry about is when it spirals out of control. Uh, then it becomes all bad. So if you get a Lenin or you right. get a Robespierre or you you get these people that are able to somehow. It's why it's so important for all of us to speak up and not to just kind of go along with things. That that is clearly how bad things happen in these big big moments of change.
2: Okay, so like, otherwise, yeah, like just talking
0: about it the way we're talking about it right now. Let's go, just you know, not. Yeah, and 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 also not putting up with stuff that doesn't seem right to us. Uh, if, if really things don't seem right, and yeah, I, that's why that's why I'm saying 2024. My call to my call to action is we can do better, because we can. I mean, there seems to be a lot of corruption. There seems to be a lot of enmeshment in, in with the the you know as we've talked about many times with the regulators. There's there's you know I'm not sure that. I, 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 the motivation of people and the the way the money is adulterating things, it feels like there's something's off kilter right now and we can just do better. And and maybe it's just focus yeah. on, you know, basic principles of what the country was founded on. Maybe it's a return to some sort of spiritual life. Whatever it is, we can do better and we need to focus on it and not just roll over. Do not roll over Do and do not allow people in authority to tell you what's right for you. That's a gigantic mistake. Uh,
2: that really feels... Good to me. I mean, you're the guy to ask about it, obviously, because you talk to such a large range of people. And I feel like um, you know it's hard to like. How do you find happiness in that environment? If that if it's true well, that we're really in trouble, how how does someone be? Yeah. How does someone live happily? You know.
0: Well, uh, Josh, you are asking a question that I do not think you are alone in asking. I, I've noticed a lot of young people with a sort of why bother what's the use (laughs) kind of attitude and that that is heartbreaking to see any of that people should be excited about life they should be excited about engaging and building and and creating and the fact that we've created a a circumstance where people have to feel beaten down or as though there's no purpose or meaning so the one to answer your question josh i think the the issue is to to (laughs) Turn away from the cries for safety, right? Safe spaces, safety uber Alice. no. And start to focus on what it means to lead a good life. If Jesus had been focused on safety, things would not have worked out the same way, right? He, he threw caution to the wind to a certain extent because he was leading a good life and he believed that what he was representing was more important than safety and there's a lot of things more important than safety. And engagement and contribution and and it's not grandiose caring. It's not I care so much. That is not caring. That is narcissism. If you care, do that one person at a time. That's actually a good little rule of thumb. If you find yourself caring massively, fine, but that's not real caring. That that is I mean, again, I don't want to discourage people from from trying to make large change, but don't, don't put it under the category of you care more than other people because it's just not so. It's just not so. Uh, Spence, I'm going to bring uh, Spence in here.
2: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
0: Is, uh, you are. Is, can you hear me okay, Spence. i All
5: do right. what's up how's it going shout Good. out to dr you? drew i've been listening to you for so long um i remember Crazy. i used to listen to love line probably like 20 years ago when i was a kid
0: probably that was with me and adam
5: <laughs> yeah it was with you and adam and uh yeah. and yeah. i've got a funny story about that actually but i'll say that for later or, or, or probably won't say it anyway, you, that's not my you, question. you were
0: a caller let I me mean, guess you were a caller, You're
5: right I, I, nice. I wasn't a caller, but I listened to someone else. I, I don't want to get into that. It's a little, not super appropriate, <laughs> okay. but it was hilarious and a, and a okay. great show. But um, not All my right. question. Obviously, you're, you're familiar with the, the, the trend of cold plunging going on right now. Yes, um, yes. I, I, I just got out of about a five-minute cold plunge. It was pretty intense because I haven't done one in a while. And mm-hmm. definitely spiked my dopamine. I've got a specific question, mm-hmm. and maybe you could help me out with it. Um, okay. So one of the benefits that I'm hearing about cold plunging is it does spike your dopamine, and it, and it lasts yes. throughout, you know, I don't know, however many hours through the day. Now, my question is this. Why is a dopamine spike sometimes really good at, for something like a cold plunge, but then, you know, scrolling on Instagram or, or something like that, which also spikes your dopamine, why is that yeah. considered
0: bad? Right, right. So so there's great, grave, that's a great question. There are grave misconceptions about neurochemicals and dopamine in particular. Really, the chemical itself is not important. What's important is the pathways it activates. And there are stimulatory pathways and there's suppressing pathways and there are regulatory pathways. Dopamine for and, and by the way, I am not convinced that you're even talking about a dopamine increase. I think you're talking about endorphins and noradnergic chemicals, noradnergic pathways, which are the sort of the awakening pathways, the stimulating pathways. Dopamine has many different functions, but its prime the primary function we talk about is reinforcement which is the part of the brain that says, do that again, that is good for survival. I'm not sure that's what happens during a cold pl- plunge. It may actually be the opposite. You may get sort of <laughs> aversive aversive kind of chemicals going, and so you're, what you're feeling is endorphin release. Because you know, when when your body is overwhelmed with stimulation, it has to tolerate it, you get surge with endorphin. It's a way of regulating discomfort. And those are the high chemicals. And then you get noradnergic stimulation, which is the alert chemicals in the frontal parts of the region to some extent, the frontal part of the brain. But dopamine. I don't believe when people get a dopamine surge, look, I've dealt with drug addiction forever, which is about the dopamine pathways in the medial forebrain bundle. And I don't believe that people, when they have a massive dopamine release, feel anything other than do that again. That is the function of dopamine, do that again. And you can see it most clearly with crack cocaine, where when people lose all the uh, happy parts of cocaine, the part that feels good, the endorphin part, the stimulation part, that all goes away with time. And every crack cocaine addict knows it's going to go away in about 10 hits. But you are completely consumed by the dopamine system from for days afterwards, which is saying just do that again, do that again, do that again, do that again. And so it is the survival system that becomes overtaken by drugs of addiction, and other behaviors sometimes, uh, like, like you said, scrolling on Instagram. Uh, and it just is you get lost in this do it again cycle uh, and it has mm-hmm. to be interrupted sometimes. So dopamine, uh, and, and I do, I was going to get, I may get a little more into cold plunges and sauna and stuff. I, I, I'm kind of fascinated awesome. by that. The really interesting question about cold, so I, I, Adam and I have been talking about cold plunges for a long time and cold showers and that kind of right. thing. And he, so he says something very interesting. He says, at very minimum, Forcing yourself to do something uncomfortable that you don't want to do and tolerating it longer than you'd like to has purpose, (laughs) has meaning, right? Yeah, it, 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 it making yourself do something you don't want to do is 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 a good way to start your day at very minimum because we do a lot of things we don't want to do in our in your day and that's you know that's how we build and that's how we build character and that's how we delay gratification all those good things so at minimum Agreed. it's doing something you don't want to do that's uncomfortable is good for your psyche and good for your soul number one number two whether or not it causes something called hormesis which is a people have a theory that it affects immune function Function. I, I'm going to look into that a little more carefully. I know there's debate about it, but uh, it it might actually affect your immune um, whether, whether how robust your immune function is. Let's put it that way. Uh, thank you, Spence. Uh, very quickly here, I'm going to get to. Uh, let's see. This is I think a carrot, carrot, carrot five, and then we're going to have to wrap up pretty soon. I'm going to try to get a couple more. You guys, carrot five. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I've got this crazy cough. That, oh, uh, and Shabria, I've asked you to come up if you want to, to give your appraisal for the new year. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Carrot 5 is connecting. We've got this. the crazy, um, what do they call that when the wheel is spinning, And Caleb? You, it, it's sort of
2: uh, uh processing. Latency, uh, processing, latency. yeah. <laughs> Rendering. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Boy, that seems to be going nowhere. Ah, I'm Shabria, come on up.
6: Shavon, how are you, Drew? Sure. Happy New
0: Year. How are and- you, man? Good. To- Happy New Year. You sent me a very nice note. I appreciate that. Uh, what are your thoughts? You always are very astute uh, in terms of uh, your assessment of the of the landscape in medicine, uh, in infectious disease, sort of where we're at. Uh, what's your assessment for the new year?
6: I'm just uh, I'm just trying to maintain sanity one day, one day at a time, trying not. To get well, we're sucked. all
0: doing that. Help Struck. us do so. Help us maintain the sanity. <laughs> trying not
6: to get sucked into the vortexes and whirlpools of my own cognitive
0: bias, and you know, gets increasingly well, difficult to, to keep. That's worthy. To keep that's worthy. Uh, are you uh, Are you subjected to any uh, mask mandates presently?
6: Uh, yeah, uh, I'm on the inpatient okay. service, so uh, it's it's all it's all mask all the time, and uh,
0: not not in the any, uh, is is there any way to push back on that? Is it. It's just the way it is now. Uh, in no Indian
6: hospitals. Yeah, it's it's basically. I I, I was uh, I was speculating yesterday. I think we've we've entered an era where there's a there's an elaborate bureaucracy that is tasked with uh, doing busy work to justify their own existence, and oh, for sure. uh, this is for sure. This is way way beyond science, or way beyond. A couple of individuals saying this doesn't make sense. We, we are at a point where, you know, these people will turn on the mask and they'll say, look, it worked. Uh, they'll do it for like three months. And then the seasonal, you know, the seasonal down, the down peak will will, will be their, mm-hmm. their grand revelation. Oh, look, it worked. And this mm-hmm. whole seesaw is going to continue ad infinitum and I think it's it's gonna it's gonna need this. You know, it's either gonna need a bureaucratic overhaul, or it's it's gonna be one of these things like, you know, the um, uh, the Surgeon General of Florida, someone like at that level, saying, okay, we are not doing this. It should be individual responsibility. Let people decide to do what they want to do, but we are not going to be mandating yes. stuff. You know.
0: Well, not and only that, there's that's, zero that's the evidence that that. That I, it's one thing if you want to protect yourself, but it's zero evidence that a mask protects anybody else. There's just zero evidence. There's never been evidence of that, uh, like True that you effort. can protect somebody else from your virus. Like no, you can't do that. Um, yeah, but I, mean, I do and, agree with and, you. And, and, that uh, go ahead. I, I
6: said that the patients are not wearing masks, so I'm like, you know, how does uh, you know how does that work? Am I protecting them, Are they protecting <laughs> me? <laughs> None of that really. So don't don't ask for. Don't ask for logic. Just shut up and do it. That's that's where we are now. And if well, you that
0: we have to stop. You, I'm afraid we have to stop that. We really do have to stop that. And and the bureaucracy. I've said this for a couple of years now. Bureaucracy is the enemy. Centralized authority is the enemy, and they need to be dismantled to some extent. And, and I don't know if it's the markets that's going to do it. I don't know wh- how it's going to happen, or just people being saying and standing up and saying enough. Uh, something like that has to has to happen. So. Absolutely. But uh, mm-hmm. listen, I uh, appreciate you fighting the good fight, uh, and uh, we'll keep checking in with you, all right?
6: Thanks so much. Ha- ha- have have a wonderful have. day.
0: Bye-bye. We can do better in 24. That's my that's my uh, call. Uh, Caleb, I see you're uh, pushing Roseanne's uh, picture there on the bottom of the screen. Let's bring up the schedule for the upcoming uh, week. We have uh, James Corbett. We're going to talk about Gelman Amnesia, Roseanne on Wednesday, and Dr. Paul Alexander on Thursday on January 11th. He's He's been going... Uh, He's been on them uh, very aggressive lately. Peter McCullough, a week from Wednesday, I believe. Yep. Uh, and uh, a lot of great guests coming in. Check it all out. Uh, don't forget to sign up at doctor.tv. You get the blast there. Caleb, anything from your standpoint? Let me check uh, the Doctor
2: Dr. Ladipo is coming in on the 31st as well. That's going to be oh, interesting. Yeah. He yes. was just doing
0: the news. Uh, uh, Siobhan mentioned that. Yes, he just mentioned the the Surgeon General of Florida. That's Dr. Ladipo. He is uh, on the record saying that he believes that the uh, mRNA vaccines have, should be taken off the market. I, I got to say, I, I've seen some... excel. I, you know, the thing that uh, we had to maybe get... Um, I see Malhotra back on here because I have seen some of the stuff that he was worried about with this sort of accelerated heart disease where I don't understand it any other way. Uh, And it's just, again, it may be a bias I'm seeing. I'm I'm open-minded about this, but I've been been concerned about uh, supraventricular arrhythmias in young people. And now I'm starting to worry about um, accelerated heart disease in middle-aged folks. And I don't know if you know if you saw Dr. John Campbell's post from today, uh, it, it turns out that in England, they're seeing a marked increase of like a 44% increase in excess mortalities. And I think it's the 50 to 65 year old and the majority of that is cardiovascular. So that is gravely, gravely concerning. And uh, why? And again, please, why? Let's just answer the question. Is it COVID? Is it the vaccine? Is it both? Is it none? Ask the questions, figure it out. It's just so astonishing. We You can't ask certain questions. It's just too much, too much. All right. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Dr. Sean Baker. Uh, thank you for all participating. I will um, make an effort in terms of uh, doing better in 2024 to try to take more phone calls from you all. I will try to do that. I get very interested in the guests and we get caught up in what we're doing there. So we appreciate it. We appreciate you and we appreciate the people that uh, support the show that uh, make it possible for us to do it. So we appreciate you supporting them and um, look out in the future. Oh yeah. dot slash do, do, sponsors where they are all, but uh, we're going to set up a shop, a uh, store on my website soon. Um, where I've got some interesting things uh, planned that are like the TWC emergency kit that I am specifically um, generating for you all. And uh, I think I think they're gonna, it reminds me of the old days of Loveline, where um, there are things that people should have access to that they've just not been given access to. And I wanna provide that. So we'll see how that goes. Keep an eye out for that. And we will see you um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday next week. I believe it's all regular time, three o'clock Pacific. Sure, I'm looking at that right now. And we will see you then. two seven three eight two five five. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at doctordew.com/slash help.